On this episode of the B-Side, we talk about service. Why should you do it? Welcome to the B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hey everybody, welcome to the 25th episode of uh, the B-Side, and I am joined by Pastor Matt and our ministry assistant, Malia Lee. She is also known as the one that everybody likes, because Matt disappoints people, or no, Matt makes people angry, and I disappointed people. That's right, cool. right, and Malia is the one everybody thinks is awesome. I'm yep. pretty sure that's not true. No, <laughs> I, we, we refer to her as the one that should be in charge. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I'm pretty sure that's not true either. But we are at episode 25, which means next time, in two weeks, we will be at our year anniversary. One year, Which I think, I mean, there should be cupcakes. We definitely, I mean... Donuts, at least. Cupcakes for us. Not, we're not shipping cupcakes out to people. I'll tell you what, if, if, listen. We, we do the... So two weeks from now, on Tuesday, at 11.30... We should do a live show. If people want to come and watch, they can also have a cupcake. It also will be really boring. So good it's luck with that. It's quite unimpressive. Right. Sitting <laughs> around watch. a table. If this is not first take or some sports <laughs> show. I mean... It, Anyway. So anyway, we're talking about service. So we're talking about service. The beginning of the year, uh, everybody's got resolutions. Everybody's got things that they want to improve on. And I think when we look at the church, one thing, one area that I mean, we there are a lot of areas that people can improve in their Christian life, their Christian uh, discipline. You know, read your Bible, pray. But I think one of the ones that nobody really ever says, but is so vital to the local church, is service. Yeah. So we're going to talk about service and and didn't really have a huge uh, laundry list of things, so we're just going to kind of talk about why it's important, and it, yeah. Well, I think, I think first of all, service is one of the things that oftentimes we don't, t- it, it feels like money, service and money, and mm-hmm. we actually talk about both on a regular basis, yeah. but, but I think churches in general don't, and I think it, the, the reason is, is because it's hard for the pastor and the staff at the church to talk about the need for people to serve regularly in and through the church and not have it come off as self-serving. Yeah. You know, it's the same with giving, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to stand up in front of a church and talk about giving without having it sound self-serving. But the reality mm-hmm. is that God creates us to serve. He creates us to work. That's been the plan from the beginning. Um, In the garden, he creates Adam and Eve, and he says, hey, great, here you are. Here's the earth. Go subdue it. Have dominion over it. Go get Mm -hmm. to work. That's the way we're created. Um, And Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we're made new as Christians in Christ Jesus so that we can be about the good Mm -hmm. work yeah. service that he's created for us from the beginning. He's prepared in advance for us to do. Work and service are a natural part of the Christian life. And we do a disservice um, to those folks who call Blessed Hope home um, or, or people that are part of the church in general when we don't talk about it. Yeah, when we don't ask. or So, Malia, I was actually, we had a staff meeting today, and I was reading like the first chapter of Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. And he kind of talked about why he left. If you don't know Francis Chan, he was a pastor. He wrote Crazy Love, um, Erasing Hell, uh, Forgotten God. And he was pastor of this huge church speaking at um, conferences and stuff. And, and he ended up leaving that church, went to Asia, and came back um, and started a small church in San Francisco. But what I was reading in there is he's, 
says, you know, a lot of the big churches get it wrong and they make it about one person or just one group of people. It's like it's a whole body and they all have things that should contribute. So I don't know. Is there more to that? I only read the first chapter. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know how I could even summarize it in just a few statements. You kind of just have to read it. It's really good. So um, I know for, for myself, uh, one of those things that uh, I like to do is I like to utilize right now media. So if you're not using it, use it devotionally. And Chip Ingram's got a really good study on the book of Titus. And I don't think many of us look at Titus and be like, oh, man, that's such a good book about service and why we should do good works. But in this letter, Paul really outlines his missional philosophy. And he's not saying, you know, hey, slaves, let's revolt. Let's start a riot. Wives, you know, leave your unchristian husbands. And he really outlines it and he says, you know, this is the culture of Crete. They lie. They're dishonest. They're, they're debauched. So you're not doing good works to be saved. You're doing good works to show the Cretans. The, that's where we get our term, they're a Cretan. Um, you're showing them that there's a different way to live. You're, you're honoring God, and, and by your good works, some will come to Christ. Not that you're saved, but others might be saved through them. And for me, when I was, I was going through that study with Chip Ingram and, and reading through it, I was like, man, this is, this is good stuff, because sometimes we get the cart before the horse we put good works before um, salvation for us personally, when it's really, you know, it's our salvation first, good works, and God uses those good works to bring others in. And, and I think, Vince, that's one of the reasons we don't talk about service and work as much as well. You know, part of it is because it feels self-serving. The other part of it is, is because I think there are a lot of people in the church who have mistaken their works, their activity for the church, or their activity for God as salvation in God. And, and, and so it's like, well, I will work really hard for Jesus, and because I work really hard for Jesus, Jesus will like me. And we are really good at saying, no, 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 no. That is not, that is not the case. Jesus loves you just because you're you. But then that, that kind of creates this paradox where it's like, well, if Jesus loves me just because I'm me and I'm made new in Christ and I am saved by grace through faith, then you know what? My work doesn't matter, and so I don't do it. Or we hesitate to teach on it because we think people will somehow forget that it's their, their faith and grace that saves them and think it's their worth that saves them. And, and so ultimately, I think it's just a confusing thing to understand that work doesn't save you, but that work is expected because you're saved. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious what your guys' personal uh, stories are with service in the church. Um, obviously, you've not been a pastor your entire Christian life, and, and Malia, you haven't worked for a church your entire Christian life. So what does that look like? Did you struggle with it early on, or was it just kind of like super easy to jump dot right in? Yeah. Um, we'll start with Malia. Um, when I first started serving, um, Blessed Hope was much smaller, and so... Um, you know, less volunteer base to kind of pull people from. Uh, but I, I actually started helping out in a Sunday school class, in, in Tyler's class. And if any of you know Tyler, now you maybe you wouldn't see this because he's super chill. But when he was like preschool age or like early, you know, kindergarten, he was a handful. <laughs> and so I stayed down there 
mainly just to contain him uh, and to help uh, Karen Blair, who was the pastor's wife who taught that class, uh, manage him in the classroom. Um, and then it just kind of rolled into you know me being her sidekick and helping, and then eventually I was teaching. And even though I didn't intend to be serving when I started, it definitely turned into that. And through that process, uh, God really did something in my heart and kind of helped mold that that love of serving. Uh, and it just kind of snowballed. And then from there, I was, you know, serving on a team. And then it just kind of got into, like, where I ha- kind of had my hands in a lot of different places. And I, I don't even think I realized it was happening when it was. Um, but it, it really was kind of the catapult for getting involved here at the church and knowing what's going on and kind of the inner workings. And um, it furthered my discipleship so immensely. You know, if I would have continued just to sit and be served. um, And actually, now that I think about your Francis Chan question, too, I had a little time to process here. That's kind of the premise of his book is that um, we kind of do it to ourselves as far as creating people that just want to sit and be served and mm. consume. We, yeah. we kind of have created that monster in a sense um, because we make church so comfortable for people and um, have all these great things for them. And so in a sense, we shoot ourselves in the foot because we need to not be so focused on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, almost in any other area of our life, being put in a situation where we're not quite sure what we're supposed to be doing or, or we're stretched, uh, we grow and we do it. Um, like, you think about any job that you've ever gotten. You probably weren't, I mean, on paper, you were probably qualified for it, but once you got into it, you probably were like, this is way different than I thought it was going to be, or there, there's so many more challenges, or uh, I even think about when I started playing football. It was, it was so challenging, and I was way out of my comfort zone, and, and you learn and you grow in the midst of, of doing. Right. Well, I think there was a point, too, where I said this to Scott, where I was like, man, my life completely revolves around church. And this was before I worked here, too. And I was like, how cool is that? Like, mm. it's penetrated my life as a Christian, just as a human, so much that, like, I'm just so intricately woven into the details um, and I didn't even realize it was happening. See, uh, but when you said that, like, like, and, and I know that, that Scott is all about serving. He'll serve. He's happy to do that. And so I, I don't, I don't mean sure. to like say throw Scott under <laughs> the bus or anything. But, but I would imagine that Scott's initial reaction, or uh, somebody's initial reaction, when you say, "Man, my life is completely intertwined and it completely revolves around the church," that their reaction would not be, "Oh, well, that's great." Uh, yeah. They would sure. say, oh, yeah, you got to get some balance. you right. got to fix that, right? And, I, and that's been something I've had to figure out, too, and Scott's helped me with that as well. And, and I did hear something. I don't know who said this, but this is something I always think of when someone asks me to serve here or to help with this event or whatever is not everything that comes from heaven has my name on it. So I have Ooh. to be able to have that filter and, and not say yes to everything because I'm a people pleaser. So, so here's the thing. Uh, just as a pastoral rule, if you can't name your source, you get to claim it. <laughs> okay, yeah. sure. So that one's yours. Good job. Okay, yay. So I'm going to say that for a while and be like, well, Malia said, and then when I can't remember that it came from you, I'm just going to be like, well, guys, this is my truth. And there you go. No, but I think there's an Andy Stanley thing like that too, right? Uh, from, from his book, uh, you know, Ask It. 
Um, and, and that's a sermon series that you can get on Right Now Media as well. You know, kind of a, a nice plug for that. But, but it's the, you know, is your yes to this your best yes? Mm. Uh, is this the best, highest, utmost use of your time? Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean that it's a great thing for you to do. And yeah. I think you, you do have to weigh that. And I think, you know, one of the reasons, Vince, why, why and maybe or Malia, whoever said this, that, that so many people, we create that accidentally, that culture where people just come and are served is because mm-hmm. so many people um, say yes to everything. And it's, it's almost like when you have corporate prayer. Mm. When you have corporate prayer, you just usually have to wait for about 30 seconds before somebody chimes in because the silence kills them. Yeah. And that's the same thing a lot of times when it comes to volunteering or it comes to service is there's this attitude that if I don't say yes, nobody else will do it. Mm. And so I feel like I have to say yes um, because something went one week without being done. Mm. And so, well, fine, I'll do it. And then, but here's the kicker, right? Then I get annoyed that I had to say yes at it and I get tense and I get irritated and I get frustrated and I get burned out and I get all of these things. And then it's not for God anymore. Right, because really what happened is I just didn't create space. And so people are used to other people just doing it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why we have 20% of the people that that do 80% of the heavy lifting. I know we've got Mm -hmm. a lot of people here that serve, but there's a difference between serving every now and then and, and having doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. You know, there are and, people that have a ministry that they are completely 100% in. Yeah. And there are people that serve occasionally. Yeah. And I, and I think it's ironically though, you know, and I'm going to almost contradict myself here. I, not really, but cause I think no matter what your heart is, you can get burned out. Right. So I think yeah. you can you can say yes to too many things and but it's not burnout in attitude, it's burnout and then there's literally not enough time in right. a day yeah. to right. spend time with your family, to spend time with your wife or your husband, to spend time doing your own personal devotions and feeding yourself and staying healthy and sleeping and, and, and also all the things that you could say yes to. So there is a point where burnout happens, but I think by and large the people that complain about burnout are the people who dabble in ministry and service, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. not the people involved in the heavy lifting. I think it's important to find the area that you really truly are passionate about yeah. and leaning in there. You don't have to be involved in every single thing, um, but you, know, you can say no to the things that just don't mm-hmm. make you well, excited. You so, know? So a perfect example, uh, Malia and I, just earlier this morning, we were, we were at a meeting uh, at the Benton County um, Sheriff. Sheriff's office. Yes, thank you. Um, and uh, and there's there's some things that they want to start to try to do as far as jail ministry goes. And, and, and the reality is, I'm not sure that that is a space that I can completely step into. I think that's a space that our church can step into mm. to a degree. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's a space that Matt Hance can step into. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like, well, that needs to be done, that's a really important thing, so Matt better do it, you know, eventually I'm going to find myself at a point where I'm going to have to say no to something else. And is that my best? Yes, I don't know. And if I try to take on everything, is there a point where it just all falls apart? Yeah. Or is that time for somebody else to say, you know what, I have a passion that works there. Let mm-hmm. me see how I can step in to that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's just, there's a lot that's untapped that we could start to get mm-hmm. to if we were um, maybe more intentional of asking ourselves as people, like, where do I want to be? Like, how do I want to help? Yeah. 
It's so easy. At, you talk about making it comfortable or easy for people just to be consumers. It's so easy to view the church as a restaurant versus a family meal. Sure. And that's that's how I've always thought about church. That it it's a family it's a family meal. It's a family Thanksgiving where someone cooks the turkey, someone brings the mashed potatoes, somebody sets the table, somebody washes. It 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 requires ev- all the gifts of the family to make it happen and to make it work. And if you know if, if Uncle Andy doesn't bring the pop, then now it's a more of a financial strain on 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 my mom and then year after year that goes on all of a sudden we're not having family thanksgiving anymore because mom's burnout they can't we can't afford to to do it anymore it it's a family everyone needs to pitch in because it's for the benefit of everyone yeah so clarifying question do you have an uncle andy i do yeah and does he often forget to bring the soda no he always brings it okay so. all right We're i good. just was curious like uncle andy come on no <laughs> get, get moving no i think i think that's great i think you could church that metaphor up a little bit mm-hmm. instead of thanksgiving you got to call it a potluck yeah right that's right. that's the good baptist tradition right mm-hmm. so we got a potluck every sunday after church there's another potluck but Okay, so, so here, here's the reality, though. Um, I think that's great when you think about the fact that in a, in a potluck or at a Thanksgiving or at a family dinner, everybody does their part. Where when, mm-hmm. you, when you finish your metaphor, when you're in a restaurant... You just show up and you get served. Right. You know, you got a menu. Like, and, and people can treat the church like that. Oh, they got this ministry, and I've got a kid that would fit really in... That is that age group, so I'll send them to that on Wednesday. And, oh, there's a small group for... for single moms with bum left knees and wow i have a bum left knee and so i'll I'll fit right in there and and, you know you start to find these little niches where you fit in um but all you're doing is 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 taking and i want to clarify that's not bad right but but part of that is like great people are ministering to me in that way Mm -hmm. so now my part of the body is to then not just order off a menu and wait to be served, but to then go and dig in and, and start to minister to other people in the areas mm-hmm. that they need and that they have. And, yeah. and I, think, I think why that's so critical is because um, in a consumer culture, people church shop like crazy. Mm-hmm. They come to this church because this church has a ministry I like, and then as soon as I don't like something about that ministry or somebody says something that I don't like or the pastor mm-hmm. says something in the pulpit that I, you know, or there's th- turnover that I wish. elders or staff. Yeah. Or... It's like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm going to go find another church that meets my needs. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, well, you know what? I'm not going back to that restaurant because I, I had a bad meal or That's, something. Yeah. As opposed to, you know what? No, I'm part of this family. I'm part of this body. Service mm-hmm. binds you. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think it's such a huge part of the sanctification process and mm-hmm. uh, growing you up because, you know, you're looking at um, other people instead of yourself, you know. I, you think about the New Testament and, and Paul specifically, like, all over, like, it's always about, like, you know, I suck, basically. I just, I need to be out serving. I need to be, like, my life means nothing. I need to be... Um, you know, laying it down constantly and, and just be out serving and um, whatever I can do to spread the gospel. And really, and, you know, we talk about evangelism all the time, too, and I think sometimes that can be a scary topic for people. Um, but that's really what you're doing when you're serving, you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a source of evangelism. Yeah, I think of, so I, I'm engaged, and, and we're, we're he- 
heading towards marriage and stuff. And, and one of the things that Victoria and I said really early on that we wanted to be about as a couple was service, service to each other and service to God. And, and we, we picked that because we know that when we serve, we grow closer to God and we grow closer to, together. Uh, and the church as the bride of Christ, if you're in the church, you are, guys, I get it, it's a little weird, but you are the bride of Christ. And, and as you serve uh, Christ, as you serve um, this family that you're a part of, you grow closer to God and you grow closer uh, to the people that are around you, just like when you serve your wives or, or yeah. your wife or you serve your, your husband. And that's, that's kind of the premise to Francis Chan's um, You and Me Forever study and book is, you know, when you guys are busy about, or I don't know how he says it, um, busy being about the mission, you don't have time to argue with each other and squabble over stupid mm. little things in your marriage, like, because you're on mission, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. Matt's just shaking his head. Yeah, I just, that's, <laughs> that's great stuff. Like, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's so much value in, in understanding that, you know, service to each other, and then service to God. And you know, what's, what's interesting is, and I think and most people miss this, when we talk about real worship, you know, we tend to think of a church service. Yeah. Right? We think of, I come mm-hmm. to church, I hear a sermon, which is worship. I raise my hands in song, um, unless I'm, I'm really old-fashioned, then I fold my arms in song, <laughs> whatever it might be. Uh, but, but, Play but, with my keys in my pocket. Right, whatever, whatever this is, um, we, we, we think of worship in that church service kind of a thing. Yeah. Right, we just blew past the play with my keys in my pocket comment. Mm-hmm. We just we just pretended it wasn't there. We until also I, blew past the single moms with bum left knees small group. We were giving you a pass, and then I just <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore, Vince. No, I, I think, but we we tend to think of worship as a church service, which is great because yeah. a church service is worship. It's corporate worship, mm-hmm. um, but but we are called to worship constantly. And that means, and that's why, you know, if you go back to our heaven series that we did at the beginning of 2018, we said, everything you do in heaven is worship. It doesn't mean you're going to constantly be in church, but everything that you do will acknowledge the greatness and the glory of God. Mm -hmm. But we struggle with the idea of worship here in this context, in this culture, because we're, we're in a broken world. But one of the most common, the most common words for worship in Hebrew Mm-hmm. When we read through the Old Testament, they talk about worship. The most common words for worship have in their root this idea of service. Yeah. Right? That, that mm-hmm. service equates to worship. And so when mm-hmm. we say we're going we're gonna to worship God, you know, okay, well, that doesn't mean we just lift our hands up and sing. Right. It means we are going to actively be about serving him um, and we serve him by serving other people. We read that in the New Testament, that when we serve the least of these, we're serving um, God. And, and so ultimately, when we say, well, look, we, we need to be a people of service, well, that's, that's how we worship mm-hmm. God in part. Yeah. And I think it's so easy in churches, too. I mean, it, you show up on a Sunday morning. What are the things, like, if you just said, okay, what, what is a church value the most when it comes to service? Uh, well, talking, singing. And, and most people are like, I do not like public speaking, and I can't carry a tune to save my life. And so they go, well, I, I can't serve. Um, but that's so far from the truth. I mean, we got things. I mean, there are ministries that we could be, could be doing um, that we don't even know because we're not gifted that way, that there's somebody in Vinton right now that's like, I am awesome at this. And if they could just figure out how to use it for, for God, I mean, Goodness gracious, people come to Christ and well, yeah. 
it's one of the great things about the merger. Yeah. Um, you know, one, we're excited about the merger for a lot of reasons, but one of the great things that comes from this is through um, a critical mass of people, um, Blessed Hope will be able to help Revolution as we become Blessed Hope Community Church realize their heart and their passion for a community-centered building. Because mm-hmm. we've said this before, and we absolutely mean it, the only, the only lack of outreach and service that can happen there mm-hmm. is imagination. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you have a heart for, for art and teaching art, well, guess what? You know what? We can connect art lessons with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and we can reach kids yeah. and their families that way. If you are good with your money, you know what? You can teach some finance and some budgeting classes and some, some mm-hmm. adult ed kinds of things for those of us like me mm-hmm. who are not. We're cooking. I mean, right? nobody yeah. knows how to cook anymore. Right. But, but just simple things like that. It's like, it's like I have a passion for those things. You know what? I have a passion for worship and for service and the gospel, and I can marry those two because God's gifted me this way. Here's an avenue. I can serve in this capacity, and there is no limit mm-hmm. except what we can imagine. Right, and I think any type of evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel starts with those relationships. So even if it seems like something that maybe could never possibly have a connection, like you're building relationships with people, and I think that's kind of where it all starts. Yeah. Right, like, like, yeah, how, how do art classes, how does, how does teaching right. somebody how to paint texture <clears throat> on a tree, how does that have anything to do with them not going to hell? Well, I, you know, I, I earn some trust. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens is you sit together and talk. You know, one of the, one of the greatest missionary endeavors in China is um, coffee shops. Mm. Ask me why. Why? Because people love to talk in English. And so one of the things that missionaries will often do is just offer English lessons. Mm. And so what they do is they sit and they talk and they have conversations. Mm. And guess what? As you build a relationship with somebody and I talk about what do you think and what do you like and how do you feel and what are your fears and what are your hopes? Guess what's bound to come up? The gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. that saved me and it changed me. And I used to be here and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. And this is the guy that changed my life and I wish you would meet him. And and Mm -hmm. so it's just one of these things that's so organic Mm -hmm. and it's relational. People are so scared by, the the, like you said, Malia, the idea of evangelism when all it is is just recognizing that through the course of a a meaningful relationship, that's bound to come up. Yeah. And and I would say, I mean, as, as... Blessed Hope continues to grow as, as the merger happens and all of a sudden we have this big influx of people. Uh, one of the easiest ways to make a, a big church feel small for you is to plug into a ministry that you can, can serve in, that you have you know, your, your three, four, maybe 12 people that you're serving with and, and just go into it. I, I mean, uh, people will, you know, we lose that family feel. I mean, Blessed Hope has lost it. We we are we have not had that family feel for a while. Uh, on a Sunday morning, I'll say. Sure. Um, and and Revolution probably still has that, and they're going to have to transition. And I'd just say one of the easiest ways to make a big church feel small for you is to really dive in to service, because when you dive into service, you dive into relationships, and those relationships get you connected to a church, and it doesn't feel massive anymore it feels like you can get your arms around hey jeff i know jeff is the church i'm with jeff we are the church so 
I think that's kind of all in the eye of the beholder, though, too, as far as, like, big church. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, this isn't a big church. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I went no, to people, a lot bigger church. People that have been to a big church <laughs> yeah. would say, oh, that, that's a, that's yeah. a, a small yeah, bigger, <laughs> smallish church. It is in the eye of the beholder, but yeah. but but Vince, I, I like what you're saying, and I and I think one of the shifts that that Blessed Hope has had to make, and and slowly, and that Revolution will have to make faster in the merger. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure how we started talking merger. Uh, oh, service opportunities. Yeah, uh, you know, plenty of of ways to plug in. Uh, but but we go from feeling like it's it's a family meal, you know, because I go like like not just my family. I sit down with my family. There's five of us that sit mm-hmm. around the table, right? Um, and then I go to Thanksgiving, and there's 20 of us around the table, and that's great, right? And for some of us, we view we view church as oh, it, it's it's not like in, like our our five person family, it's but it's the 20 to 30 person family when I go to church, right? It's mm-hmm. that it's the extended family all come together. And what we would say is no, no, no. Here's here's the way we want you to view it. It's still family. It's yeah. still a family church. But but when we come together on Sundays, that's a family reunion. Yeah. Right. That's that's a family reunion where we've got people that we don't see very often, but we are connected and we are tied by blood. Um, or here at the church, we are tied by the blood of Jesus, and mm-hmm. we are part of this tight knit family. And we may not always be together, but you know what? I've still got my my smaller family circles in the service teams that I have or the small groups that I have. And I've still got my more immediate family and the accountability relationships and the and the people I'm closer with. And so, church should have a family feel. Um, but I, I understand exactly what you're saying. It, when, when you're used to showing up on a Sunday morning and having it feel like Thanksgiving and all of a sudden it feels like a family reunion, yeah. you're like, what happened? But that's a good thing because mm-hmm. that means the family of God is expanding yeah. and more and more people are part of the family of God. More and mm-hmm. more people are rescued from hell. And, and our family circle is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We love that at family reunions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When we go to a family reunion, we want everybody to show up. Well, we yeah. should want that on a Sunday morning, yeah. right? Um, and we, we, just, we need to be intentional about getting plugged mm-hmm. in, and service is one of the great yeah. ways so that we get that tighter-knit community. Yeah. I, I love that, the idea of a family reunion because, I mean, you go to a family reunion, it's not, not everybody has the same last name. So it's not like you show up and everybody has, this, has Hans as their last name because people get married and last names change. But the overarching unification is the name Hans, and that's the way it is in the church. You may have your, your smaller you know, family name of uh, children's church or building team or uh, whatever it is, but the overarching name that unites all of them is Christ, that we all share that name, and, and that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. There you go. That, uh, see, it was it was a great analogy that we accidentally stumbled onto. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to, to us as we talk through that. <laughs> All right. Well, I would just say if you need to get into service, if you're not in there, um, contact us. Yeah. Can I add? I want to yeah. add something, and I mm-hmm. think Malia does as well. And I just we talked about this on Sunday, and and I want to. There's always the caution here, right? There is a difference between um, the works of that come from a saved life and the works of the flesh. And the works of the flesh will always lie to you and they'll always make you feel bad, and they'll always cause tension. And when you work out of your flesh or out of a have to or out of a God will be happy with me or the church will be happy with me, that never ends well. So when you hear us talking about works, listen, we we are talking about you serving regularly. We want that for you. Um, But not because it makes us happy, not because it makes God happy, but because that's an evidence 
of a changed life, right? That's what James talks about. First John talks about that, that, that when your life is changed, you will naturally see these works come from it. So it's, it should be it's, a response. It's a to faith the that creates in you yeah. a desire mm. to work. And so mm. we will look at that as, hey, is our faith real? And that's sometimes a hard look yeah. in the mirror. I mean, but bottom line, you know, saved people bear fruit. Yeah. And so, you know, what kind of fruit are you bearing in your life? Yeah, I love that, that story in, in the New Testament. It's a weird story to love. I know when Jesus curses the fig tree that's, that looks like it should be bearing fruit um, and it's not bearing fruit. And the, the deal is Jesus isn't really mad at the tree, but he's teaching us something there. And that's mm-hmm. the idea that, yeah. you know what? God will not tolerate someone who looks like a fruit bearer but doesn't bear fruit. God won't tolerate someone who um, fakes it (laughs) necessarily. And so you can't fake God. (laughs) No, no. If if you you know if you're a person who's like, oh, I I love Jesus, but I hate everything to do with anything that Jesus asks me to do. (laughs) Like "Ah, it might be mirror looking time, right? Yeah. 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 So if you're you know at that place where like, okay, I get it. I want to be serving. I want to find a place to get plugged in. Um, come see me. Shoot me an email. Um, call me. Text me. Facebook. Whatever. You know what? Um, come sit. I just talked to someone um, last week. We sat down and looked at all the different places in our church that, where there are opportunities to serve. There's so many. And we can figure out what interests you, where you think you want to get plugged in, and we'll make it happen. And here's the thing. You're not locked in forever. You're not signing a contract in blood. We're saying you have <laughs> to serve in this ministry for until the end of time. You know, this is a great place no, to start. No, you can start. leave as soon as you die. <laughs> no. But sometimes that's where you figure out what you like and don't like. And if it's not a perfect fit, then you find another place. But, and that's okay, you yeah. know. And I would say this too, just an acknowledgement, a confession, and an apology that we as a church and church staff, but, but this predates you guys too. This is a problem for a while. We have not always been great at responding to people who say, oh, I, I'd like to serve. Yes, We're not, yeah. We have not historically been awesome yeah. at helping mm-hmm. you find a place to plug yep. in quickly. Mm-hmm. And so please accept my apology for that. And if that's been you in the past and we have we failed you in that way, um, give us another shot. Yeah. Um, and, and we would love the opportunity to help you get plugged in. Uh, we've had a team of people that were so diligent that got together to look at ways to, to start getting service and people plugged into service. And that's something we're going to be then adding on to their work as we talk merger and we, we, we keep looking at, at what the reality of that will be. And so we're, we're trying to get better at that. And, and so we acknowledge our, our um, maybe lackluster past there. And, and we would just say, you know what, it's worth giving us a shot to fix our mistakes if, if mm-hmm. we've made them with you and, and we'll own it, right? We're sorry yep, and, and we want to help you get plugged in. Yeah. So thank you guys for the conversation. I think it was so much fun. So uh, see you next time. All right. Thank you.